morning. How are we? Did you like the snow last night? I actually did. That was a perfect temperature to play outside. I do play outside, even when my kids aren't there. (laughs) So it was good. Well, shall we just uh, spend some time in prayer and thank the Lord for him? Can we do that? Lord, we thank you for you. Before we thank you for things you've done for us, we thank you for you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that tough situations in our lives cannot deteriorate your goodness. They cannot diminish you. Our doubts cannot diminish you. Our issues, maybe sometimes with you, does not diminish you. You are still good. It doesn't change the way you love us, because you're good. And so we thank you for you. We ask that this morning and in every moment we breathe in and out would be times of thanksgiving for you. Everything else is icing on the cake. So bless us as we're in your word this morning. Have your way. Uh, Lord, what do you want to say to us, and how should we respond? We want to hear clearly. So anything that would be distracting us from hearing you, whether it be our doubts, our disbelief, our frustrations, challenges, maybe boredom, whatever it may be, uh, Lord, we give you permission to remove those things so that we can hear you and see you the way you're meant to be heard and seen. And make this morning more about more than just a a church service, but a time that we encounter you. And when we leave this place, we testify to that which we've encountered. I pray that stories would flow from this time into our everyday lives that testify to your goodness. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's good to thank him, isn't it? I was feeling refreshed as I was saying that. Like, thanking him sounds good. Let's do that. It's actually really good. Amen. Well, what chapter are we in? In what book? Romans. So, visitors, you just heard where we're at. I'm glad we're listening. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah, we're in uh, Romans 8. We've been in Romans 8 for a little while now, and we're barely halfway through it. It's, It's... it's doing a number on me. Is it doing a number on anybody else? Remember, misery loves company. Raise your hand if it's, it's so I can see it, please. Okay. Thank you. I, see, I feel like we're at auction here. <laughs> yeah. It is doing a number on me. I joke with, with Mark and Sharon. I'm like, I feel like they get the easy passages, and I get the ones on suffering and weakness, and they get hope and goodness. But it's all good if it leads us closer and deeper into his presence. Last week, uh, Sharon did an excellent uh, job at uh, taking this passage of hope and putting it on the forefront of our minds in a way that oftentimes we don't. Uh, Oftentimes when we think of hope, we think of it in a finite way, um, that it just sustains to get you through. 
And that's part of its uh, function. But there's something greater to that. Oftentimes we can get so, especially in this time, in this age, can get so caught up in our ordinary lives and in the created atmosphere of things, we forget about the hope of things to come after we stop breathing. We can talk about it and say, oh yeah, we can acknowledge it, but there's a great hope in knowing what's going to come when we stop breathing. Amen? There's a great hope. And that hope sustains us. And through his Holy Spirit, we're reminded of that hope every day, that he's here. And what we have now with him and his presence now is only a taste of what's to come. That, that creates a great hope in the midst of created circumstances that are very challenging. That's why hope is so important. Jesus came and he brought hope to the world. I, we're going to be with him now, but even more so for eternity. Now that's, when you say eternity, that's like, it sounds like a good notion for wherever. We can't fathom forever. You understand that? You understand that you can't understand forever? That, to me, that statement gives me hope. That God's bigger than my mind. Than what I can think of and, and comprehend. And so, uh, but one of the things, and we're going to focus on this a little bit to get us into verses 26 to 27. That Sharon said towards the end of her message and emphasized was that hope helps us to Wait. We have to wait. How many love waiting? Oh, some do. Wow. I want to talk to you afterwards. Not really. I'll feel worse about myself because I don't like it. But then not only are we to wait, we're to wait what? Patiently. How many have prayed for patience in your life? Don't ever do that again because all you're doing, all you're doing is asking for more opportunity. (laughs) Just, Just take what life gives you and practice it now. You don't need an advanced level of it. Just take the little ones you get and practice. Amen? Because every time I ask for patience, um, my kids really start to tick me off even more than normal. Do you find that? You become acutely aware of that which touches your patience or your impatience. But there's an agony that can happen in the waiting. And when we don't cling to that hope, it can be very hard to sustain Walking with Jesus, even though you want to feel hopeful. Who's felt that in your life? The waiting becomes hard because we have a time limit. Whether we, we, we can put numbers to it, days to it, whatever, we do have an internal time limit. I want to see this happen, what? Now. And then when you hear wait, you kind of have an idea to you what wait means. And when you're talking about a God that's beyond time, and beyond what you want and want something greater for you than what you can want for yourself, waiting can mean anything. And we don't like that. And it creates a sense of suffering. And then here's what we say. I, man, my weakness is getting at me in one way or another. We say, I feel weak. I feel like I can't do it. I feel like I'm failing. And then we do the woe is me. And then you feel ashamed because you're not waiting patiently because your internal clock has just run out and you're just done waiting. I'm done. I'm hopeful, but I'm not hopeful. You know, we're in this tension. I I know to be hopeful. Sharon just preached a dynamite sermon on being hopeful. I'm hopeful. Kind of. It's it's challenging. We know it to be true. We, We desperately want all those things that we hear uh, that life 
after this world is going to be. We desperately want that. And we want to see that now. We want to see it now, 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 now. Believe me, I want to see it now. But there is a treasure in the waiting and in the weakness. And we're going to talk about that today. I don't like talking about weakness because the more I have to think about it, the more I'm aware of my own, which leads me down a road I don't want to go down. Has anyone felt that way? But weakness is not an invitation. Thinking about weakness is not an invitation for you to be discouraged. For this is where a lot of the hope lies, is within our weakness. And we'll talk about that in just a second. So if you have your Bibles, which I hope you do, it's the Word of God. We want the Word of God with us at all times, especially in here. And with our new fancy phones, you can. Romans 8, and we're going to focus on 26 through 27, and I'm going to read uh, from 24. This is from the NIV, and we're going to start from 24 and go through. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we, ho- if, if, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it. Patiently, yikes. In the same way, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Will. Let me read verse 26 through 27 again, and I want you to listen and receive best you can. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. How many have heard this passage before? Okay. Now, we can get really enticed and drawn in to this. The Spirit intercedes for us on our behalf with what? Groans and sounds, all kinds of stuff. And too often we can get stuck on that. Those are important things, and we'll talk about that. But too often we go, what does that mean? Does that mean speaking in tongues? Does that mean this? Does that mean that? Okay. I don't know if the the focus is supposed to be right there. We want to be aware of it. We want to be conscious of it because it's something beautiful that happens there. But in our weakness, Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. Okay? We see it all through Scripture. The Lord is our strength. Correct? How many of you really quickly get to the end of your strength? And you try to sustain yourself, your family, your relationships, or your strength. And guess what happens? Nothing. Or at least good. Because we cannot do it. Holy Spirit takes us beyond ourselves. In the same way that waiting can do that, hope what? Hope comes in and it helps us wait patiently. It helps us. In the same way, Holy Spirit helps us pray, helps us articulate through groans, through, through posture, what the Spirit wants to say on our behalf. He 
takes us beyond our own strength. Now, sometimes when we talk about Holy Spirit, it can get, for some, it can get little discombobulated because Holy Spirit has been represented in a lot of wonderful ways and a lot of not so wonderful ways. But here's the deal. I'm going to let Holy Spirit bring healing where healing is needed, and we're going to talk about him in a way that hopefully will bring him honor and a good understanding of who he is because he intercedes. God's presence through the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf in the time of weakness. And he's what gives us strength. How many have felt the strength of God's presence through his Holy Spirit in your life? Through a variety of ways. Sometimes we can think it's just very specific ways. It's a variety of ways. There was a, a time about a year ago where I had uh, food poisoning and I had a migraine and all this stuff. And I came in here and I had to preach and I had no idea how it was going to happen. Everything wrong was happening. You get my drift with food poisoning, everything wrong when I say that without going into detail. Everything. The bathroom was my friend before I got up here. And I remember looking in the mirror and I'm going, I feel done. I've got nothing. Any of you have that, that, that self-pep talk? You look in the mirror, right? And you're like, I got nothing. Lord, help me. And I remember it was one of the most wonderful times for me personally with the Lord preaching. Because I had nothing. I had nothing to offer. I had nothing to give. And he interceded on my behalf in a way that was beautiful. Now, that's a very practical level. What about when you're with your enemies? People that have hurt you or betrayed you, but the Lord wants to lead you into conversation with them. How do you feel about that? Be honest. How do you feel about that? Do you have the visual in your head? That's another way, right? We feel weak, to, unable to do the things that God has called us to do. Love our enemies. I don't want to do that. Why not? Because I don't want to. That's where we become the three-year-old. I don't want to. Why not? Because I don't want to. They hurt me. And you feel like you don't have the strength to do that. But when we submit, when we surrender, what happens? Holy Spirit does some things we cannot do. I often wondered, my dad was a pastor, is a pastor, and I often wonder why preaching one sermon on one Sunday every week wiped him out and he didn't want to talk to anybody. Every, day, every Sunday, he would get done. One service, not even two or three or four, just one, and he would be exhausted. I'm like, Dad, you want to play? You want to do something? You want to go do it? And I can talk with the best of them. And he's like an introvert. And I thought he was an extrovert. So I'm just like, Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm fueling your, your love language. Let's just talk. And just leave me alone. I just, I'm exhausted. I'm like, you talked for 25 minutes one time. What's the big deal? When you surrender what you want and allow Holy Spirit to talk through you, you become exhausted. Whether you're a preacher, whether you're a normal human being doing anything else, when you allow Holy Spirit to speak through you, to intercede on your behalf, when you give him the platform in your heart, he's going to take you beyond what you can do, what your strength can do. And guess what? Your body, your mind, everything feels the fatigue of it. That's why he intercedes because you can't do it. 
I've had times where I don't know what to pray, as this passage says. I don't know what to pray. When we experience suffering in our lives, sometimes we don't know what to pray. I've prayed for healing a million times. I've prayed and asked, Lord, let this cup pass me by. I've prayed all these things. Nothing's happening. I can't be patient in hope right now. I don't know what to do. I feel weak. I feel beyond myself. And then when I can admit that and let his presence do what his presence does, I don't have words. If you want to talk about a physical manifestation of this passage, yeah, sometimes I'm just like, whoa. Sometimes it sounds like what we would call tongues. Sometimes it just sounds like I'm in pain. Sometimes it's great joy. And I'm like, yeah. I used to go to these, these worship services when I was younger that we would call very charismatic. And you would see people just jumping all over the place. They're not making sense. You're feeling like when you're, you know, 12 and your dad takes you to a revival tent meeting, you're just kind of like, this is cray cray. I, I've got nothing to help me distinguish with what's going on right now. And you can argue its merits or legitimacy based off your own experience, whatever. But I found that I began to see when people find they don't know what to say, they're allowing Holy Spirit just to take over. Weird stuff happens. And I'm not telling you stuff that's outside of biblical boundaries. I'm talking about when people are joyful, when people are just, oh, oh, you hear that. They don't have words. Have you had that ever? I mean, when you're in pain, what do you say? Oh, ow, that hurt. Gee golly. You go, ah! It doesn't, that's not even a word. Ah, it's not even a word. Blah. It's not a word. Now, sometimes we create four-letter words, but that's not what we're talking about. Right? But when Holy Spirit comes, you feel that. But it's not so much about how it's expressed, but what he does. Because too often we go, well, how is it expressed? That's great about this passage. It's more than that. He sustains me. Now, here, here's, here's why I think it does. Because we're told in Scripture, and I believe this to be true, in his presence there's what? Fullness of joy. We can never underestimate the word joy. Ever. When I am weak, he is strong. His presence in my life, when I engage him in my weakest places, I can experience the greatest of joy. How is that even possible? Because Holy Spirit does something. He steps in. When we're at the end of ourselves, he tells you and reminds you he has no end. And when we tap into that, it's the only time I think I ever feel like a superhero. And I, have no, I can take no credit for it. He begins to do things I can't do. I can't even think of. How many have experienced that? And then you try to explain what just happened. Anyone try that? Yeah. And then when challenges like that, you have this Holy Spirit moment, challenges like that come again, and you try to explain away what happened before because your mind goes back to autopilot and goes, oh, I can't do this. Ah. You've been there? We, we have short memories. But then, guess what? Holy Spirit comes in, and he takes you beyond what you can do yet again. 
The Holy Spirit is not something we need to be afraid of. It's not someone that we need to go, no, he has to be front and center because he's the one. He's the one that intercedes for us. And we see in this passage that God knows the mind. He knows the mind. And everything Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf with is always accepted in the affirmative with God because God knows the mind of the Spirit and vice versa. And so everything that Holy Spirit wants for you is in alignment with God's will and purpose. And where hope helps us in the waiting, it helps us in the suffering. Holy Spirit, who sustains us in that hope, sustains us in the place of dialogue with God when we don't know what to say. I feel too weak. I don't know what to cry out. I don't know what to do. I have nothing left. You have everything when you have Jesus. You've got fancy sermons all over the place. Oh, God's got one more move. You heard those? And they sound really cool. Wait a minute. Friday's here, but Sunday's coming. He's got one more move. It's true. And it's a move that never ends. Surrender, as Paul says, be a slave to Christ to the movement of his Holy Spirit, and you will have a strength that you cannot fathom, you could not put on, describe on paper, you can only experience because he takes you beyond what you know. And you can't explain it away. You just have to accept it. We can be so critical and judgmental about the movement of God, it cripples what he, in our minds and in our lives, what he wants to do. Because we go, that's weird and funky and uh, and uh, and uh. Or he didn't answer my prayer, so I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to come and ask for healing again. Look, I have type 1 diabetes, and I've had everyone and their mother literally pray for healing for me. I've prayed for healing. It hasn't happened. Does that mean he has no power? Does that mean prayers don't work? No, it does not mean that. And the Lord said to me, very, very beginning, you will know in your weakness that I am Lord of your life every day. I don't even, I don't ask for healing anymore. And it's not, if he wants to, great. But I have a daily reminder, a daily reminder that I have no control other than to say yep to Jesus. I've got none. I had no control in the hospital. I had no, I have no control now. I can take care of my diabetes. But ultimately, I don't have any control. He's my strength. He sustains me. And it's a reminder. So no's to prayers, yes to prayers, really doesn't matter. We surrender to him and allow him to intercede on our behalf because he wants what the Father wants for you. And when you say yes to him, the prayers that he will pour out of you that you may not be able to articulate will be in direct alignment with what God wants for your life. That's why we say what? What do you want to say? There's a method to this madness and simplicity here. Because the more I want to hear what I have to say, the dumber I sound and look, and the weaker and more crumbled and depressed I feel. But when I can posture myself to say, Lord, what do you want to say? He goes beyond me. Because now we're allowing the Holy Spirit to minister and to pray in our behalf. Because he knows. Now, if we operated this way, collectively, individually and collectively as a church, and beyond, 
we'd have a different landscape, would we not? Yes or no? Yeah. See, it's a, it's a really nice notion to think about body life and all the pieces together. And we love, we love how that sounds because everyone has a place and everyone has a purpose. This is very cool. I mean, like that. And, and God arranges the body as he wills. And something we know, every Christian that, that has heard these passages will tell you what? Christ is the what of the body? The head. We can identify that. But what does it mean for him to be the head of the body? What does that mean? What is our, think about your head, your mind. What do you do? You do the thinking, you do the decision making, you do the pondering, do the questions, all of those different things. Who knows the mind of Christ better than Holy Spirit? You? No. So if Christ was the head of this body, and I believe he is. I'm not, I'm not saying you guys are doing a horrible job. That's not what I'm saying. If he was the head, if we allowed him to do what we see here, because we, cannot, we can't speak for Christ. He can speak through us. But we can't pretend to know the mind of Christ as intimately as Holy Spirit without the Holy Spirit. And we have to allow him to lead our body. And that means what? Not every decision that he makes is going to be one that you would make. Not every place he leads you is where you're going to want to go. Believe me, every time he wants to go do something, I don't want to go do what he wants to do. I can say that pretty emphatically. (laughs) Because it's always going to stretch me. Why does it stretch me? Because he takes me beyond what I can do. And I groan about it. (laughs) Not in the same way here. But I do. Holy Spirit has to be present all the time. We have to allow him to do what he's going to do. Because if not, we're going to rely on our own strength and our own minds and what we think. And believe me, if we try, if we try to be the head of the church... We're done. We're done. Let history show you. When, when human, humanity tries to lead the church without Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, we hurt people. We wound them. We misrepresent him. We become unsafe for those that need to receive and identify the love of Christ, we become unsafe. And that's not a shaming thing. That's history. How many of us have carrying a wound from church or someone that misrepresented? Now, we try to do our best, but here's the deal. We have to do our best at surrendering, not trying to figure out, but surrendering and allow Holy Spirit to intercede where we cannot. My greatest moments in life or when I step out of the way and I let him do what he does. I don't always like it at the time. No, I never like it at the time. (laughs) But what I see of him afterwards takes me back to our beginning prayer. Thank you, God, for you. Because only you can do what you do.
and only you can be who you are. And we get to tap into that. Which sustains my hope. Because in those brief moments that I allow him to come in and do what he does, that will be the fullness of what we experience in eternity. How can that not sustain us and give us hope? Now, what does that mean from here on out? I don't know. It just all sounded right and good, yeah? It's hard, but we have to continue to do what Paul says. We've got to take it all the way back every time to chapter 1, verse 1. I, Paul, a slave to Christ. He surrendered to that notion so that Holy Spirit can do anything he wants within him. It's a daily surrender. It's not something, well, today, you know what? I'm going to surrender forever. Does it happen that way? No. That's why, and this is the brilliance of God. He says, don't worry about tomorrow and the other days. Focus on this day. It's got enough issues on its own. Stay present with me because I'm present with you. God might have foreknowledge. He might know what's going to happen this day, but he stays present. Look at Jesus when Lazarus dies. He knows he's going to raise him, but guess what? He stays present in the grief. We just stay present in the day we're in. So when we leave this place, it's not about tomorrow. It's about today. What does he want to say and do in you and through you today? And it can be subtle that we'll have eternal implications. And you may not feel qualified. It doesn't matter if you think you're qualified. He's qualified. So let him do whatever he wants to do, and you will see things happen. Sometimes, well, a lot of times what we do is like when he... When we hear him say something to us, I, I say this, well, that won't work. <laughs> Who's a, uh, yeah. Or you go, well, that's not a big enough move. We got to do something flashy here. We got to do something impactful. And yet you hear stories about people who go, Lord told me to smile at this one individual. So I smiled at him and I felt creepy. But then that person wrote me a letter a week later and said they were in a deep place of suffering and that smile impacted them and reconnected them with Christ. Holy Spirit does some weird stuff. And my mind would dismiss that. Wouldn't yours? Unless you've experienced it and you know it, we would probably dismiss it. But remember, in your weakness and our inability to understand and to fathom, which is a weakness, guess what? He's strong. And in his presence, when we partner with him, there's a fullness of joy. And we start thinking about him and less about what's going to happen and just being where he is. The church needs to be where he is and let him be the head. We need to surrender and allow him to intercede on our behalf because I don't have the words. I don't have the thoughts, and I don't have the answers that he has. And when I am weak, man, I see the strength of God. And I feel weak all the time. And I'm having to rely on him to sustain me every day. The church needs to rely on him to sustain and to move us and to shape us and to mold us instead of us trying to shape and mold him. We can't do that anymore. Because then you have a weak church. But we allow him to be the head and allow his Holy Spirit 
to intercede on our behalf, we're in a position of strength because he's allowing him to be where he is. You with me here? Oh, I like that. It's very important, folks. The utmost importance. Because we can easily go back and put a lot of stock in what we think we know. And when we start doing that, it becomes a slippery slope. I don't have all the answers. Far from it. And I have more I don't knows when people ask me about things about the Lord than I have questions or than I have answers. But I will tell you this. If we can get to a place with even all our questions and all our doubts and all our fears and all those things that our human mind will kind of and our emotional content will create, if we can come to a place where we can surrender and let him do what we cannot do, you'll begin to see things in a whole new light. And then you begin to trust. And then you can begin to wait patiently because you have hope in who he is. Because you've allowed him to move in your life. You've allowed him to speak into your life where you are the one speaking for him. Now he's going to speak for himself and he's going to turn your life upside down for the better and you will begin to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty in whatever language, with whatever groan, because of who he is. And it won't be about answers to all your questions. He's the answer. And you'll have a lot of I don't knows to the very day you die. But what you will be clear about is who he is in your life and how much he loves you and that you will be with him always. Only answer I want right there. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your patience with us. This is a, like, uh, a big passage. And I'll be honest, I, I felt completely feeble and completely ill-equipped to begin to explain any of this. But I don't need to. All we have to do is surrender to you. And that's hard, that's hard enough. To lay it down, all our questions, all our wounds, all our fears. All our previous experiences. Our own pictures of you, that experience of shaped and formed. Lord, we want to surrender those to you today in Jesus' name and allow you to speak afresh and anew in our lives in a way that you are not only the head of our hearts, but you are the head, you are the platform, you are the mind, you are the heart, you are the lungs, you are everything to us as a church. That is a part of a broader church. I thank you that we cannot silence you, that we cannot diminish you. You were the same yesterday, today, and forever. That will not change. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. who knows your thoughts and your will perfectly and intimately. And when we got nothing in the tank, he intercedes for us. He steps in. We thank you that you do what we cannot do. And you go beyond us. And so I pray in Jesus' name that we would today feel the sweet fatigue of allowing you 
to have full control of our hearts and go beyond what we can do. We pray your protection and your blessing over this church family and the relationships and our relationships with you. Continue to make this a safe place to be with and become more and more like you because your presence is here in the midst. And wherever you are, there is fullness of joy. When we are weak, you are strong. It is our greatest position of strength to be at a place of weakness. And we thank you that makes no sense to us, <laughs> but perfect sense to you. And we cling to that and we trust that. And it gives us hope. And we thank you that we will be with you beyond this place. And that hope through your Holy Spirit present with us sustains us and allows us to experience not only fullness of joy in the moment, but allows us to experience patience in the waiting because you are the one that sustains us. You are our patience. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.
is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nations sing and 